Well, good afternoon to you. Uh, very, uh, very privileged, but a very, uh, I think, seminal moment in my relationship uh, with the University of Worcester today. I'm coming live. Uh, I think I believe my audience today, it's a very, very select group uh, of Dr. Paul Blakey and some of his masters, masterful master's students on his international sport management program uh, and we've done a few sessions over the last kind of month or so and we've also shared experiences at a number of the international conferences that we've done uh, together and on behalf of the sport business student family uh, I, I know and, and probably either Paul or maybe even his students at some point today uh, and certainly going forward will want to talk a little bit about their recent visit uh, field experience, uh, sharing the global sport business community, particularly at student level uh, with the University of South Florida, where they attended a, an analytics conference uh, and obviously did a lot, lot more um, whilst they were there. The subject of my live online lecture uh, today for the master's level students is, is entitled uh, Digital Disruption. Uh, in sport but I hope I want to talk a lot lot more about some of the uh, the background to that and some of the connections and some of the uh, other considerations uh, that happens in the uh, the business of sport particularly globally today and to put digital as a preface to everything sometimes is is overstated I believe and sometimes quite simplified or it, it, it can be a simplistic appraisal uh, because what we're actually talking about is a change dynamic and the changing narrative the changing uh, storyline uh, the changing landscape uh, of how sport business is uh, is in many ways now considered by everybody, uh, both from people who are involved in it, maybe at our level uh, as academics, but importantly, and I think where this significant change in digital is the reciprocation and the responses that we get from audiences, from fans, uh, and, and from all stakeholders in uh, in the business of sport and in the management of sport and as I've suggested for students on this course on a global perspective I think some or all of these things uh, are, are, are clearly uh, going to be very important in our discussion and, and, and my presentation today on digital disruption in sport. So just before I kind of begin the, 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 some of the content and some of the more formal aspects, um, as this is obviously a live online presentation, I perhaps just want to uh, mention to um, to audiences and, and, and to people who are going to share the experience of this, and this will be the first of many going forward with the University of Worcester. Uh, my background, clearly, uh, Alan Seymour and my uh, social media handle of at Sport Marketing One. Uh, and also um, with a connection with the Future of Sport conference, I think it's important for audiences to recognise that part of the development that we've got now with these platforms, and particularly now using this online uh, facility and an online presentation, um, we can actually now engage a lot more directly, a lot more uh, 
I believe, impressively, but we can do it on a real uh, connected basis. Uh, and the true meaning of education, maybe, and the true meaning of life and, you know, in, in many ways, a real connection with students, you couldn't get it more, uh, I believe, effective than this. So there's a little bit about myself. Maybe just before I get on to the mainstream, let's just... Um, uh, Dr. Paul Blakey, just tell us a little bit about, you can speak here, I think, in the introduction, Paul, on behalf of uh, the students who are with you today, rather than going all the way around the table, although I can see the students here now. So just give the, uh, the audience, and for the benefit of this uh, first uh, online presentation, just a little bit about introducing yourself, the university, and the course. Yeah, hello, Alan. Um, as you said, Paul Blakey, University of Worcester. I'm actually the uh, program leader of the Masters in International Sport Management and for today's purposes I'm also the, uh, the, the module leader for the module that we've been working on together entitled uh, Sports Sponsorship Management. So there's, we're, we're, we've got slightly depleted numbers today because uh, some of our cohort are away and, and they're actively out there um, either at interviews or on work placements doing, uh, doing real activity. Um, that, that is really going to sort of benefit their their immediate future because we're now into the, the second semester of the, the program. Uh, we're closing in at the, at the end of that semester, and, and these guys really have uh, have only really got um, a dissertation to write or an applied sport research project, uh, which is which is uh, research activity, which uh, they, they can determine the the direction of that. And that's taking place uh, across the summer, and then the program for full-time students will be completed the second week of September. So, so, so not too long to go now. But it's a, it's a, it's a great uh, opportunity for us to to link in this way via Skype. Uh, for those students who aren't here today, we're actually recording the session, so we'll be able to to, to replay that back to them, and and, it, and this becomes a, a great resource as well as adding, uh, you know, lots of flexibility into, into the way that uh, we can actually teach students. And I think that that's uh, something that we're working on now, you know, delivery to students directly uh, across uh, a range of programs, whether that may be part-time or full-time students. And sometimes, you know, they can't physically be here. Um, and and this, is, this is really great benefit because all of the activities that we can do, uh, they can uh, complete uh, subsequently. Um, and obviously all of the additional reading activities that surround this uh, that, that they can they can still benefit so so it's it's great to have the interactivity you at one end us at, uh, at the other end and we, we can all feed into the mix and, and, and discuss today's topic a brilliant absolutely spot on there uh, Paul uh, and for many academics for many new people in the uh, I suppose in the world of online, in the world of digital, in the changing landscape, as I've referred to, particularly in higher education, university education, and I believe significantly will be um, uh, a template almost for uh, particularly practicing and particularly global um, international management in sport. It's essential that we have these different connect points. Uh, and I know academics would probably call it almost the philosophy of this started off with uh, the, the the coin phrase, the flipped classroom. And, and obviously we've got this here, but I'm sat here in a you know, in my study in Cambridge. The guys that uh, uh, I believe you're not actually in the university today, are you, Paul? Yeah. 
Oh, we are in the university. Okay. Yeah, we're just in a completely different room that we've never been in before. Okay, fine. So I just wanted to clarify that. But they see it's live, you see, and uh, well, we right. can have we can have meaningful conversations, yeah. But we can also have, uh, which I always believe is a great style to have, because we're all in this together teachers and learners, uh, students and teachers. And the beauty of today's presentation, albeit, you know, I think one of the great things is first to market almost. And when you get the first opportunity, it can kind of set precedence and set the marker. Uh, but following it up, we can tag in so many other things. We're going to have an online uh, radio interview from this. We're going to have, as Paul's already suggested, some recall for them uh, to, uh, to revisit the content and work on it. I'm going down to the University of Worcester next week uh, to talk to them and, and to be involved in some of their work on presentations and so on. So all of this comes together. And I think the first point I want to make in today's digital disruption in sport is that the digital world enables us to connect on so many different touch points. And these touch points that we've now got all about content all about content creation and the different levers and the different levels that we can reach. And there's so many new channels, so many new platforms, so many new what are now coined, if you like, disruptors to how we used to do things. So this balance between what worked before or what we've become used to has obviously changed and we need to adapt to that. We need to adopt uh, and we need to use it uh, effectively. So I think it's very important that we kind of get that out there first. I've got 10 short slides today, each kind of covering just some real touch points, uh, uh, as I suggest. But I, I probably want to begin by, can we talk about digital in, in, in the context of a definition, you know, most of us when we talk um, in, in formal sense or in writing or in academic um, kind of conceptual terms, we always look for, for references, we always look for um, definitions. Um, myself and Paul are involved in doing some academic writing on a digital textbook at the moment and I think one of the things that I've found over the last 18 months and, and maybe the reason why I was approached to put proposals together for the textbook is there is very little out there conceptually or academically in many ways on new digital and so for that I would suggest that myself, Paul, academic students and all the people who are going to be involved in the emerging digital considerations and constructs, particularly in disruptors, that perhaps we do need to find out a little bit more with evidence uh, and research. But I've put together a few links for the students and, and for the uh, presentation today. And, and, and I'm also, uh, if the technology works, I hope it does um, put a couple of videos together, which should help us there. I think I'd like to begin as well by suggesting that perhaps digital does not necessarily just mean technology. And what we're finding with digital today is that, you know, what started off with the Internet, what started off with, you know, the change from analogue to, di to digital. And you can think of uh, phones, you can think of watches, uh, you can think of a, a variety of things uh, that have been transformed technologically via digital. But where the change has arisen is the implementation and the way in which digital is used. 
so you get and you'll see that in some of the um, 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 the, the kind of touch points and, and kind of the trigger points and the notations that I put in the presentation today where this is particularly true uh, in, in some of the new platforms and some of the new channels so maybe we all started off with uh, with email marketing we've moved on um, through that to search engine optimization uh, mobile marketing uh, <coughs> content creation as I've just described and, and, and I'll talk about uh, a, a few other things uh, as my presentation unfolds so let me now um, just see if I can get my little presentation uh, here's, a, here's a kind of uh, very short blast on the expression of digital disruption short fuse or a big bang disruption it used to happen occasionally every so often the social or economic upheaval would change the way people thought connected and did business then along came the internet and bam, everything changed business feels different these days because technology has created a state of perpetual revolution digital disruption explodes the status quo rewrites economics, scrambles supply chains, and blurs category boundaries. It also pushes a business into new dimensions while questioning its very survival. Every industry faces disruption, but not in the same way. As our digital disruption index shows, change to your sector could be some way off, or it could be on a much shorter fuse. And the impact could be small or a much bigger bang. Some businesses will emerge stronger, while others encounter heavier weather. The trick is in knowing how you'll be impacted and being thoughtful in your response. It starts with breaking down the problem. To be a digital survivor, there are three broad responses available to you. So, what are your options? Let's start with cost. Here's your cost structure, and here's that of your new digital competitor. Feel threatened. Well, how can you get more competitive? You could streamline your supply chain, replace bricks and mortar with e-tail, and cut warehousing by having products made just in time. Or save on people costs by automating your training and recruitment. Putting your admin in the cloud could save you money and create a more mobile, flexible workforce. Now, about your revenue, it's drying up. How can you replenish it? Replace your old sources with new ones before you really feel the heat. Digital lets you target new sectors and customers in a more granular way. You can also access new geographies and adopt radically new business models yourself. You could also shift things around at the level of your corporate strategy. Which of your assets are declining in value and ripe for divestment while you invest in new ones for growth? What about the new risks of the digital landscape? And could the risks of inaction be even greater? Does your business have the capacity to act decisively and fast? At a national level, Australians expect greater efficiencies and productivity in government. At Deloitte, we believe that building the lucky country needs a robust debate on how to use broadband and other digital solutions to shape policies. 
education, defense, health, media, and public services are just some areas that will benefit hugely. Ultimately, digital disruption will affect every corner of Australian business and society. The question is the length of the fuse and how big the bang will be. The answer is whether you're prepared for the worst and ready for the best. I've used Deloitte and, and obviously, you know, for Australia we can talk global, we can talk the world. For digital philosophy, if you like, or digital conceptually here, the word sport was never used. But I think you know quite readily my audiences and the people I've spoken to in digital um, speak, if you like, over particularly the last four to five years. Uh, I've already recognised that, you know, sport can be attributed to anything that we discuss conceptually in terms of many of the things that digital is impacting on. And I think what I would take from the uh, the key uh, inferences from a, a, a short video, impactful presentation or, or, or video like that, is this very phrase and this very strong... Um, consideration and message uh, that I've been getting out and, and, and certainly is, uh, is themed throughout, if you like, permeates throughout uh, the content presentation today, is how people need to keep pace. You know, I always remember the birth of the internet in the, in the 90s, uh, the change into uh, the new millennium, um, the change in, in, in almost stakeholders and millennials and, and, and lots of the, the kind of marketing um, audience profiles, if you like, and segmentation considerations has effectively been determined by how people have kept pace. You know, the, the Internet was notionally the super highway. Well, now you can see digital here. We're talking about cost and revenue, clearly, but we're also talking very strongly about strategic intent and strategy and it's very very important that that's the message so i think i'd like you to believe a lot of the frameworks that you can use uh, and i put a couple of uh, links on the bottom here which the students and paul can see uh, for the purposes of this online presentation and we'll be discussing uh, some or all of this next week, but you can access the Deloitte report. It's very current, 2018. Um, there are lots of things um, that, that, that they've discussed in, in, in their paper. And, and I've kind of just put some summary um, considerations here. The transformation, you know, we, we, we do live in a world where historically, you know, people did business. You know, we talked about making a sale. We talked about buyers and sellers. I think in terms of, you know, transactional as well as transformation now, it's the all together and it's the interactive. Uh, and, and, and I think that interconnectivity is where digital and clearly where digital disruption is making its mark. Do things differently. Be innovative. Try and change some of the, maybe for want of a better expression here, the old fashioned, we always did it this way and we're now looking for new. We're now looking for, in an, you know, innovation. We're now looking for a different kind of strategy. So lines are being crossed. 
roles are being, you know, are redefined. Uh, thankfully for all of us involved in this online presentation here, we're still involved. You know, the day that somebody presses a button and, you know, a Dr. Paul Blakey jumps out of a Christmas cracker or some kind of academic cracker and says, I'm here, and he delivers it, you know, robotically. Some or all of the opportunities to be, if you like, robotic or kind of some of the things that digital people have suggested, but the human touch, the necessity to have hands-on, you know, reconciliation or reaffirmation or to be able to explain and do things. So people will do different things and people will need to learn, adapt and adopt, which is uh, the mantra that I've used already a few times in, in, in the presentation with you so far today. It's effectively, now you guys know, and I, I, I refer to John Burkhart and his ballsy content and, and some of the things that clearly as a, as, as a real marketer leader in the world of digital disruption and particularly in sport from lectures he's delivered and from presentations and conferences he's been to. So I'm going to close on that right at the end of, of my presentation with you today in about 30 minutes or so. But I think one of the things that has been done is, you know, you are challenging. You know, some people would say it's risky or I can't do that. I remember going to the SEAT conference last year at Twickenham, international conference, and a number of people uh, who were the kind of new social media managers or the new marketing managers or the new digital marketing managers in some cases were sent out by their MDs, by their management teams, by the directors of the companies, saying, go and find out what all of this new phenomena is, this digital disruption, you know, people wreaking havoc out there and people throwing things at people, and people doing things that are kind of seen as controversial, or in some cases quite, uh, you know, radical, or, or even wreaking havoc. And then going back and explaining it all, and really still being uh, resisted. And I think one of the other things I'd like you to think about today, and one of the messages is, we've got to break down barriers. There is still some resistance. The resistance barriers to being original, being innovative, as I'm suggesting, challenging the status quo is still a major consideration. Now, I know I think Paul's delivered some presentations to you in the past or quite recently on ambush marketing. I know from the 2012 Olympics and the kind of protectionism that exists and equally the fact that, you know, marketers don't want their sponsorship books or values demeaned by interferers or by somebody challenging them or in some cases because it revokes quite a lot of the things that they've done legitimately etc it also brings into account the need to check legalities and and, and and a whole range of things but the discussion needs to be had and the impacts and the originalities and the kind of maybe where this will all lead to that we can all take a piece of it we can all be in it together so i think kind of maybe a new fashion digital disruptor will be a new fashion digi digital integrative or integrator and i think that's something that i don't think anyone else yet has coined but it would be something that i would put out there and it's something that i'm kind of working on at the moment in, in my writing for the digital concepts book 
on talking about digital integrators and, and kind of balancing the two and, and, and getting together. I think the other massive thing, uh, and I'm kind of trying to introduce maybe uh, a number of key constructs today, not too many, but just one or two, is we've now recognised sport is very much a consumable and the consumable sport product. So perhaps gone are the days when football was seen just for football. Football today is seen as a global sport with global audiences, with global sponsors, with global sports right holders and so on. And at the end of the day, it's a bit like some of the debate that's gone on recently in academia in terms of university education. And I'm not making a comment on it. I'm just putting it in there that, you know, if people are paying for things, if people are paying a fee, if people are buying tickets, then you've got to deliver a lot, lot more than maybe just the sheer value or the, the sheer price or the sheer expectation of a 90 minute football match. So one of the things that I'm conscious of in talking to you today, guys, is that I would be able to develop lots more arguments if we were in a classroom situation. So my point about this first almost online presentation with you at the University of Worcester is, as my slides indicate and as my uh, initial considerations uh, illuminate here or allude to, is that I'm just putting some benchmarks and, 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 and some considerations in terms of comments. Uh, we've changed beyond recognition. Uh, and another good survey that you can look at, which I've referenced, is Price Wars Cooper, uh, Price Waters Cooper survey, sports survey, and they're talking about the rapid change in terms of shifts in the way fans consume sport. So there's lots of detail in terms of infographics and lots of the um, the, the the data that I've just kind of touched upon in the Deloitte um, video uh, a few moments or so ago. Disruption trends. Um, I'm going to talk here about Oakley Sports and um, again it's a, a short four minute video and again in an online situation and with the students and, and Dr Paul Blakey able to as I mentioned the flip classroom uh, um, kind of thought process and, and preparation in advance of a lecture or a seminar that you, you, you can have access to this so uh, the, we'll all be able to see this so I'm just going to um, literally uh, press the push button and we'll just listen to a story of disruption uh, produced by Oakley Sports. Scientist named Jim Gennard 
set out to question the limits and disrupt the norms of an entire industry. Starting Oakley with a little more than $300 and an obsessive drive that everything can and will be made better. In his garage lab, Jim developed his first disruptive technology, a radical new motorcycle hand grip with a unique tread, shape, and material. The top pros took notice and a revolution was born. His next invention, the O-Frame Goggle, was championed by pros like Mark Barnett, Marty Smith, Johnny O'Mara, Jeff Ward, and Mike Bell for its clarity and wide peripheral view. Then, exactly 30 years ago, Jim invented eyeshades. And with it, created a design that disrupted the whole eyewear industry. The launch of eyeshade began an evolution of eyewear, taking the product from simply a generic accessory to a vital piece of equipment. Blades, M-frames, Sub-Zero X metal, Time Bomb, Shoe Decades of disrupted design thinking followed bringing new product technologies, new innovations, and blends of science and art that have been awarded more than 1,000 design and utility patents worldwide. Over-the-top, razor-wired thump. It's a heritage of disruptive design. Wow. Now, one of the main things that I think we all as uh, opportunists, observers, leaders in our field of looking at new generations, new content, new ways of teaching, and particularly in the world of sport business. One of the things that I've always noticed, you know, I refer to the challenge that faces sponsors and the challenge that brands face. One of my all-time favourite brands, and in fact, the last time I went to the University of South Florida and did a presentation for them with my students, I did a short uh, presentation on Harley-Davidson. And I talked about that as an iconic. They were one of the forerunners of a disruptive brand that changed so many things. You know, they were almost zealot-like. They were almost like, believe, I believe, we believe, the faith. 
the brethren. And it's a kind of lot of things that have happened. And I think what Oakley did here, and they're edgy. You know, they are seen as an icon. They're kind of doing things differently. But if I was to choose a, a brand that I might want to do a presentation in or an assignment in, design is a key feature in what we do and what we mean by digital disruption. You can talk about doing it. You can actually do it by, you know, um, putting a viral a video out there or getting somebody to invade a pitch. You know, I think one of the things that Paul, I saw in your ambush marketing, it was quite a famous one uh, with the Dutch uh, orange and the orange thing. And they kind of invaded a stadium uh, and, and put some other, I think it was to do with Bavarian beer. I'm not quite sure of the exact details. You might want to qualify that on that. But the point I'm making here is that by doing things so distinctively, so memorably and almost so iconically revolutionary and you change, they become the generic. I think one of the phrases that, you know, the, the shades and the, the eyewear was, was just something that we complete. And it has an amazing impact. So if, if you link the two videos together, my advice, my recommendation, my kind of case study activity for you guys here, or maybe some of your homework, is just to play those two vids, videos side by side. Have a good discussion about them and just see how it fits into what you're learning today, what I'm learning about, what we're all learning about. Because as I said right from the outset in my presentation to you guys today, this is almost brand new. We're right at the beginning here. Yeah, a lot of the things that have gone on in digital, the fact that, you know, I'm sat here in my study at home. I'm on a Skype tablet with you. I've done a, I've done a presentation and a video collection here on my laptop unbeknown maybe to my audience but I'll volunteer it now I'm doing on my smartphone an interview part of this which will go out in a radio podcast so all of these are demonstrations of that but it's also bringing them all together and trying to put trying to make sense of them and obviously for our purposes to put them um, you know in the world of sport business and sport management so some of the things that I just want to kind of, because I'm mindful of time here, we, we, we've probably done about 40 minutes or so, so far. I just want to kind of talk about the Deloitte presentation again. And, and, and I made some extra notations uh, for my audience today. But six trends expected to disrupt and, and dominate the industry. And, and they've made these right at the forefront of, you know, what's happening today. Uh, and, you know, it's an interesting analogy. They have a thing in America called the MVP, the most valuable player. And, and I kind of just thought about some of the things that Paul reported back to me, you know, going to watch the Rays and the baseball and, you know, where the, the way soccer and football are coming together and maybe the, the opportunities for, for a more global perspective on sports and the thing about the most valuable player and, and, and is the fans are just as much the most valuable players. And I think what is happening in stadia development, stadia experiences, and there's some great work out there. We know 
a guy called Mark Bradley. We also know a, I know a guy called Blair Hughes. And if you follow and, and look at those guys, what they're doing about stadia and fan experiences and the way they're valuing as much the fans as the, you know, uh, the Ronaldos or the most sellers of this world, the players who actually perform week in, week out. And clearly, there's also the sense of vulnerability where sport has become targeted uh, for acts of uh, uh, of obviously violence or terrorism or beyond, so security is is also uh, a, a, an issue there. Um, secondly, you know, let fans call the plays. There's been a lot of uh, of consideration in 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 terms of the ticketing and the ticket packaging. And I know, again, maybe from your experiences recently, Paul, in going to the University of South Florida and visiting Tampa Bay Lightning and others, you'll see the importance there. We've not quite grasped it all here. Uh, but it, it's only a matter of time. And, you know, one of the phrases that uh, the Deloitte survey talks about is, is gaining new minds and wallets of the millennials um, and, and getting ticketing capture. So, you know, once you've bought a ticket uh, and uh, and in fact, almost as I'm speaking now, uh, I saw something that uh, Fiona Green at Winners um, did today and, and, and I forwarded that to you guys a, a case study um, I'm just trying to remember frantically the name of the uh, American franchise, the Cardinals I think it, it probably was but there's some great work out there so just to show to everyone this is a very much a live capture scenario and the world moves you know, today's imminent news is, is almost tomorrow's uh, past news so we, we, we've got to be on the case but the big thing that I really want to change and, 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 and talk to you about there's lots of technological change and you know today is not a, a, a presentation about and nor do I have the experience expertise and knowledge to, to discuss it in detail but uh, you know cryptocurrency blockchain uh, helping the the, the, uh, the business side and the financial side of everything that's happening in digital and there will clearly be lots of developments there so uh, and, and equally you know we lead or we learn as much probably from America as we do from any other sport marketing nation as it were or management and and, and I know again I've referred to Paul and the students experience there and my own and with the conferences but the realm of entertainment and what goes on uh, and, you know, <laughs> I go back to David Lloyd and 2020 cricket and new mascots having a race round the stadium as the cricket matches unfolded. And I, the, the beauty of me talking is I can see smiling faces in front of me. Now, is that revolutionary? Is that so last year? Probably it is. But, you know, when I went to Tampa Bay Lightning with my University of Northampton students and we watched the activities going on in between plays, and people waving in the audience and people kissing each other and people getting prizes for, for doing X, Y, Z. And this whole kind of fan experience was on a totally uh, different level. And I think it probably was because I know maybe Paul might want to say a few words at the end of the, uh, uh, of the presentation today about how he's now the world's biggest convert to Rays and baseball because of exactly maybe some or all uh, of, of those things that I'm talking about. 
So again, maybe just another, not a downside here, but another touch point. And again, I'm referring to uh, America. So I make no apologies for that. But what's known as March Madness and how, um, you know, the college player is recruited uh, to play at the very elite level. Uh, you know, in, in, in various sports and everything else. And obviously with college athletes at the moment, there's a lot of uh, discussion. There's a lot of legal uh, lawsuits and, and, and lots of things going on in terms of how they recruited corruption and so on. So, again, that's another thing that's come out of the report uh, to some of the things that are going to be discussed and happen in our wonderful world. Uh, and finally, this phrase, which I think, again, I'd like to leave and stress, it's an absolute must phrase in terms of digital disruption for us guys here, is social activism. Uh, and the clock's ticking. You know, it, it's ticking in so many ways, sadly, in some perhaps rather uh, disturbing ways and not disturbing in the sense of disruption for positivity and disturbing something uh, by disruption to get more attention disturbing in the sense that you know uh, perhaps some brands don't get it uh, uh, you know social activism I go way back you know and, and, and some of all of my colleagues do as well and you know you can remember I can't remember personally but you know the first comment I uh, ever heard from uh, was you know Jesse Owens and the, 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 the 1936 Olympics and go back to the Black Panther and the fists and uh, lots of agitation the knee at the moment is probably the most obvious one uh, with the players uh, you know not observing if you like the um, the protocol of the national anthem but so, uh, social activism is here it's present and we need to understand it and we need to be able um, to determine how we're going to think about that uh, in, in, in terms of the way in which uh, digital disruption in sport works well we're coming up now to a kind of my not my closing point but we're kind of three quarters of the way through my um, content and, and, and presentation and, and, and I think from my perspective in terms of timings and uh, how much whatever the uh, listening or uh, understanding uh, threshold is we're probably getting close to that so I just want to summarize with a couple of final um, slides here and some bullet summation points is first of all uh, my graphics not very clear here but for the purposes of me being able to talk to it in the presentation today it's very clear Sports broadcasting is on the decline. Uh, Sky Sports here in the UK, subscriptions to it, uh, and particularly with ESPN, with redundancies and lots of things that have happened in the States. And simply, we now consume live sports in a totally different way. And the fragmentation, the dilution, the different platforms and channels we need to look, that's what digital disruption really means for us as observers, us as fans, us as participants in the way we consume sport and the way we watch and the way we're involved. So nothing really matters much, much more than this in a real sense for the world of international sport business management. So in terms of a first presentation on this subject, it's right up there as a benchmark for 
presentations, research, discussion, lots of things. It should be on the curriculum is probably what I'm ultimately saying because this is a hot topic and it ties in very strongly with brand management, with uh, sponsorship and some of the things that I've already mentioned that I know Paul's done, particularly maybe uh, in ambush marketing. So most of us are consuming live sports via what the Americans would call cable, um, or from a box or from a, uh, you know, a satellite dish or whatever. 69% is the kind of recent study. Uh, and the, um, the reference for that is Business Insider UK um, um, Intelligence. Um, and, and again, I'll, I'll, I'll put that reference to, uh, to Paul and his students. Outside the home, yeah, we still do get out. We still do get off the couch. I don't get off the couch often enough these days because I'm too busy uh, watching about four different things at the same time and, and, and trying to see how many more goals Mo Salah scored, which is not easy to keep up with. I just thought I'd throw that in there for one or two of you. Recently announced as the PFA Player of the Year and much deserved. But outside the homes, 11% um, via a digital uh, subscription, 10%. So those two are kind of um, pretty equal but when you're looking at the slice of the the cake as it were uh, although they're significant numbers I remember when I first came into commercial radio for example in the 80s we were the 2% medium and we were still a vital player so you know 10 and 11% is still very very significant but at that 2% level we're now looking at via a social platform and via any others you know and there's a there's a there's an upcoming uh, phrase, OTT, uh, which is over-the-top media services, and they're kind of new players, um, Netflix, Amazon, Twitter, who are doing various things. So, uh, And there's still this grey area, uh, and I'm, I'm sure younger people, and I'm not kind of being ageist here or, or, or kind of just uh, segmenting an audience off here, because I think most people who are fans and very much ardent fans of a, of a football club, for example, or a sports team will probably find ways of a free streaming site. And, uh, and the, the data on that is it's, it's about 8%. So there's some numbers there for you, as I say, taken from a, a Business Insider UK survey done recently, uh, Business Intelligence, and, and I think some good uh, data there for you so let me just kind of do some quick summaries the sports changing landscapes i want the students and paul just to make a note here uh and, and was kind of and let's discuss it next week when we meet a kind of little activity i already want you to review those videos and and suggest from watching those what is good about digital disruption and what is not so good about digital disruption and kind of just do a balanced checklist or a balance sheet of the merits, demerits, advantages, disadvantages. And do that through maybe some of the content I've produced today or certainly those videos. And what I would also like you to do, do a similar exercise, maybe with a chosen sports brand or sports property. So pick one out, you know, you... You know, I would be saying Oakley or I, I might say, you know, I'm fortunate. I know a lot of people who are doing great work in social media. And I referred recently to and again, I'm sorry to kind of uh, put it in my own uh, fandom here. 
but there's a guy called Paul Rogers who's now believed to be the best at sports social media around uh, and then and, and he and he now works for AS Roma and paradoxically perversely he used to be the social media uh, manager at Liverpool before he moved to to Roma and you know if you just looked at some of the work that Roma has done and the way they've used digital the way they've obviously used digital disruption and not just digital disruption they do very conventional traditional uh, almost the uh, the kind of trust tried trusted tested processes but again some interesting things there so if you could just kind of we're not going to do that now uh, you can conclude that Paul with the students over the next week and uh, when I see you next week we can have a, <coughs> a further discussion on it so the top three sports rights media market disruptors. Again, from some of the readings that I've done from some of the um, PwC, uh, Deloitte and Business Insider, uh, which has tended to be the, 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 the sources that I've used. Too many out there. Proliferation. You know, if you talk to somewhere, a, a very good guy in this area is Michael Broughton at Sports Investments uh, and Ben Wells, uh, who, again, has, has had his own sports uh, media consultancy. And the very nature of too many choices, too many options. Uh, and again, so... In many ways, this is one of the reasons why uh, sports rights holders are having a terrible time, not necessarily a terrible time, but are having difficulties in recognising what's best or what should be the chosen option. But by the very same token, that also should be a good signal and the best possible signal, because, you know, Everybody should be good or best at something and to raise the bar, to recognise the opportunities that exist. And I think that's the purpose of good digital disruption. Find things that work. The danger sometimes, oh, we must get on social media. You know, we must have a different kind of website and, and, and so on and so forth. And lots of people who came into social media, uh, digital digital work and, and digital marketing for the first time perhaps took that on board first without considering what they were equipped to do what they're best at what their usps are and so on and so forth so that's very important secondly mobile is ubiquitous mobile is the instant the immediate the thing that probably uh, we have at our fingertips literally you know and i, I think we're all uh, you know, rightly, wrongly, sadly, whatever, you know, what's the first thing that you do on waking in the morning if you ever wake at all or do you ever turn it off or are we captured by and hooked on everything to do with uh, mobile devices and, 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 and mobile access? But purely and simply in terms of digital disruption, digital effectiveness in sport business, it's probably the key uh, effective tool in delivering success and getting to the audiences that you need to and finally on that rights holders are changing the way in which they forge relationships with their fans and as a consequence of this you know I, I mean I think Twitter's leading the way in, in, in some ways if you just think that 
maybe what Twitter's done with the PGA Golf uh, Association and, 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 and putting a lot of content out there with fans whilst they're at the game. Some of my friends, some of uh, the people we visited, Paul at uh, IBM, and what they've done with Wimbledon and, and how they've not only appealed to tennis fans, but they're appealing to all kind of extra potential new fans in all kinds of sports and what they can deliver through their uh, through their apps and fan experience uh, engagements with digital. So I think that kind of nicely summarises it. So just before we finish and conclude, um, I want to talk and I've left this kind of open but again, just as, a, as an anticipated uh, activity for you guys, um, I, was, I was quite uh, taken by a, a phrase that I picked up from one of Paul's presentations, parasitic marketing. And, you know, the way in which ambush was kind of created, almost faking the fact or believing that you could enter something as one of the notional sponsors without actually being a, a sponsor. Uh, and, you know, how does that happen? You know, if someone wants to put a drape around the oval gasometer or, you know, wants to put banners outside. I mean, when you go to Tampa, when you go to uh, um, a, a Euro event, you know, maybe ask our friends at Octagon with MasterCard and various other things. You know, how can you totally protect that? Uh, you know, and it's a bit like, you know... Uh, if you're sponsored by Nike and you're seen socially wearing a, a, a pair of Adidas trainers and I'm just using some kind of consideration but those are very very important and, and I think that should be possibly built into uh, another subject area another module maybe Paul or another subject but um, limited to time today and I just wanted to make sure that those were, 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 were commended and, and commented on sorry Remember our good friend, Ballsy Content, John Burker. I just wanted, uh, for reference point, put that into the content, put that in the, pre in the presentation here today. To be a great digital disruptor, here's your toolkit. Here's your checklist. You can't be a scientist in digital disruption. But a lot of what goes on in digital, you've got to be a player. You've got to be a technician. And you've got to be an effective influencer. Now, is there somebody out there? Is there a brand out there doing it better than anybody else? Maybe there is. I'm sure there is. Are there people talented enough to do that emerging? Are we educating them? Can we train them up? Sure we can. <clears throat> but we've got to do it differently. You know, we can't continue to deliver courses in PR, brand management, sponsorship, uh, you know, um, the principles of marketing, you know, the standard things that we all do. We've got to be different. And I'm making a play here through my connections with everybody else and my voice is resonating and I'm shouting it out loud and taking some tips here from our good friend. You know, be brave. You know, do things. You know, it's no coincidence that one of the greatest sports brands ever chose as their, you know, mantra and their strap line, let's do it, you know, is it likeable, do people really relate to it, you know, don't do things that people go, oh no, do, th do things that people say, oh yes, and really, really want to be part of that, and really get stuck in, be involved, 
Uh, and it's not got to be a quick fix. It's got to be for the longer term. It's got to be, you know, make a sale. It's not the end. It's the beginning. So develop, do your first sale, and do your second sale at the same time. The element of surprise, the element of, uh, you know, wow, where did that come from? And everybody has their own personality and their own, um, I suppose, traits and things that they can offer. Be number one in something. Be dynamic and be very, very good at something. And my last comments are maybe some of my summary things. If I was going out and being a digital disruptor and advising people how to do it, you know, I know you came back from uh, seeing Bill Sutton do his teaching and lecture. And, and it's funny because I didn't know anything about this. And me and Bill, you know, were we born out of the same mould? And one of my very first presentations I ever did to students in brand management, I asked them to see this presentation on Seth Godin's Purple Cow. And Seth Godin, and he did all of these architectural things and he played this you know, and the guy's driving down the motorway, bored out of his skull, and he goes past field after field, and every cow's the same. And then all of a sudden, in the next field, is this purple cow. And he goes, wow! And it's just that, and particularly in an attentive economy, just so, you know. And those kind of six points I'm putting up on my slides for the guys here today. Be memorable, be different, be unique, be adventurous, be relevant be decisive. I'm going to just pause my